here we are then, back in the booth. Back in the booth in Gen- January. January blues. Yeah. blues. Did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, I had a lovely Christmas, thank you. I tell you what, it's gone so fast though, hasn't it? It seems like a long time ago now. That's what you've got to say when anyone asks you how your Christmas was. Yeah, mine didn't go fast. My Christmas went really slowly. Did it? Why? Yeah, I don't know. Didn't, well, I didn't get very many presents. Did you get very many presents? I tell you what, our sponsors, Shropshire Farm Foods, sent me a lovely hamper full of all the different things that you can enjoy. You can order from Shropshire Farm Foods. So there was, oh, there was, there was some lovely things. It was like a plum pudding, mince pies, a bottle of port, some cheese. Yeah, it was it was lovely to, to receive that just before Christmas. Bit of, bit of nosh for Christmas. Oh, they didn't send me anything. Oh, but did they not? No. That's a shame. That's People fine. do leave you out a lot, don't they? They always leave me yeah. off emails. They always think the podcast just me for some reason. It's, yeah. That's the opposite of the truth. Hello, I'm Charlie Brooker and you're listening to 2019 Satire Wipe. No, I'm Charlie Brooker and you're listening to 2019 Satire Wipe, the show about things that happened in satire in 2019. You're not Charlie Brooker. No, I'm not Charlie Brooker. And you're not Charlie Brooker either, to be fair, are you? I'm not Charlie Brooker. Who are you? I'm Dr Adam James Smith, a senior lecturer um, in 18th century literature at York St John University. And I'm Dr Joe Wall and I'm also a senior lecturer, although we don't normally say that, in no. 19th century literature at York St John University. <laughs> I'm only just become a senior lecturer. This has happened to me over Christmas. Yeah. Well, that was well, one congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. Senior lecturer. Senior lecturer. Um, yeah. So, so, that, yeah, so, so and that. this isn't really a rip-off of Screen Wipe, is it? Except insofar as we're going to be looking at important moments in satire over the past year. It is. And if we're not really Charlie Brooker and this isn't really Screen Wipe, what actually is it that people are listening to? Well, it is a podcast about satire, isn't it? And it's called Smith and War Talk About Satire. Yeah, in which we explore the form, function, future, and history of satire. Why did you ask if you knew? Well, it's just a conceit, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, this, um, this is our standard uh, this is, this is um, giving, giving listeners an opportunity to experience my teaching style. Well, yeah. I pretend I don't know the answer yet. So the answer is this is a merciless attempt to cannibalise our research in a desperate bid to amass quantifiable impact for REF 2026. But it's not just our views on, on no, what are the big not. satire moments of 2019 today, is it? No, we've had over two suggestions from our followers on Twitter of things that they think yeah, they... are important, interesting moments in satire. That's right, they hit us up on socials. They did. Using our Twitter, at Satire No More. So we'll be yeah. responding to those as well. So without further ado, should we go back in time to Let's January 2019? Here we are in January 2019. What is occurring? Well, I'll tell you what wasn't people's favourite things. So then we'll talk about our favourite things in January 2019. A lot of people's favourite thing was not Greg's introducing vegetarian sausage rolls. And their other favourite thing wasn't anymore Patisserie Valerie, which went into administration. Another thing that wasn't people's favourite thing was Theresa May withdrawal bill which yes. she couldn't get through parliament it was she? no she couldn't and although she wasn't anybody's favorite thing they also decided they didn't have no confidence at all in her so she remained as prime minister and presented her plan b uh, michelle barnier said the irish backstop would not be renegotiated and prince philip crashed his car yes and that's just a quick whistle stop tour through january 2019 but on the 25th of january something did happen it did didn't it happen. Yeah. yeah the film vice came out um, directed by adam mckay and here's a synopsis dick cheney played by christian bale rises from a boozy dropout to become the most powerful vice president in american history taken in his early days under nixon and ultimately 9-11 the invasion of iraq and the torture and surveillance programs of the war on 
terror. Yes. So the yeah. vice in the title is a, is a, it's it's a, a pun, it's isn't it? It's a double meaning. It's yeah. very clever. It's like about vice president and about vice, like vice. Yes, yeah, vice the bad thing that's not yeah. virtue. We saw this together. We did, What did yeah. you think? It, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, we kind of had that false narrative where it seemed like he was just going to mm. give it all up to do the right thing for his family and then decided actually not to and that yeah. took us down the course of history yeah. according to the film's logic that we're in now where yeah. the president has far greater powers yeah. than he would have had Dick Cheney not... Uh, fix things in particular ways for George yeah, W. Absolutely. Bush. A glimpse of an alternate future where if Dick Cheney had made different choices and given up at that moment when his daughter came out, we might not have had Donald Trump, we might not yeah. have had the Iraq wars, we might not have had the rise of the right, we might not have had all of those things. Yeah. So it's an interesting idea, isn't it, considering what an alternative future might be yes. like if something, some different things happened. Yeah, and there's, there's a very meta-theatrical moment there. And also, I think a lot of people were talking about the scene at the end of the film, which cut to a focus group where they just showed the film to this and someone was dismissing it as libtard propaganda and saying they'd rather just watch Fast and the Furious 12 or something. An interesting film. Interesting generically. The last thing I'll say about it is just that I, I it was interesting to see a film that was caught in the political biopic Oscars so prudently in, it, in the way that it was trailed but actually it is a satirical film directed by a comedy director so perhaps says something maybe about the way that serious films are changing in the light of the way that time is changing to watch this space. Indeed and it got 2019 off to a, a rollickingly satirical start. Well, what were we over and what lies didn't we need no more in February 2019? Well, it was cold, wasn't it? It, it was cold. Yeah, it was cold at the beginning and then, and this is a trend we'll see throughout the year, disturbingly high record temperatures were mm. recorded in that month. And some people who decided that they were over being in the Labour Party and the Tory Party and didn't need their, quote, lies no more were Chukaramuna, Luciana Berger and the other founding members of the independent group. The light that sparked the flame that started the fire of revolution. Yeah, yeah nothing was um, ever quite the same <clears throat> was it after that? No. And yeah. in satire on the 25th this, this time, time with Alan Partridge who came back. Right, yeah. It's the first time Alan's been on telly on, on the BBC in a very long time since yes. the early 2000s and you know, we were both very excited about this weren't we? You live tweeted it as our Twitter handle Satire No More. I did. Yeah. So um, the premise of the show for anybody who's not familiar is that the regular male host of this time has become suddenly ill and Alan is called in to represent him and eventually this becomes a regular slot and the consummate broadcaster flits effortlessly between seal pups, hand washing and cyber terrorism alongside co-host Jenny. What did you think to this time with Alan Parsons? Well, I mean, I thought it was absolutely exquisite. I thought every moment was perfectly staged, perfectly scripted. I loved it. I, I did wonder, I, I mean, obviously I approached it because of what we were doing and because of the, the live tweet event, thinking, is it satire? And actually, I think it absolutely is in quite a lot of different ways. Mm. I think it's satire in that format, that live television format yeah. of a magazine programme, but also it's satirising everything within that, the kind of hypocrisy and vanity that often comes with those magazine programmes. So many of the items are puff pieces, aren't they? So many yeah. The only time you ever get a guest on something is if they're promoting themselves yeah. or something and they've then done. And then you realise with the guy who's invited on because he does the funny voiceovers mm. for animals, Alan has found out that what was he, the, the son of the director general for documentary and light entertainment documentary yeah. and light entertainment yeah. and he keeps like, on and on and on about this yeah that's one of my favourite moments I think Alan yeah. Partridge is always best where you can't help but be on his side like yeah. he's calling out an injustice there which is the nepotism implicit in an institution like the BBC but when we see the comedy clip that that guy's produced it's shit yes it? it's really yeah. bad so, funnier, actually, isn't and it? I also felt that it was satirising a lot of the 
the the big narrative big narratives that have happened in mm. media in Hollywood in TV I mean, um, over the last few years. Too, well, specifically and Me Too U-tree. and Utree. Yeah. yeah, obviously something terrible's happened and been called out, but then a culture emerges around that where people are looking to profit off. Is it- I mean, I've listened to a lot of Knowing Me, Knowing You, Watch Knowing Me, Knowing You, and I'm Alan Partridge and Scissor Dial and all the rest of it. And Alan's always had like a very distinct character Mm. he's always been clearly imagined to belong to a particular political wing but i don't think that the character's ever been used quite so explicitly to engage Mm. with immediate contemporary political issues has he but he's always grasping for a way to get center attention and to get his Mm. second series isn't it whether that's like being overly familiar with bill oddy Mm. or or phoning up noel Evans, and i think he's realized that in this social media environment now that what he's going to need to do is proved that every to everyone that he's awoke forward thinking progressive i mean there's that level too isn't there but there's also the level in which possibly steve coogan has taken yeah. the character in a different direction totally. to engage with what's going on what a february that was it was trying to stand up on my own two feet this conversation ain't coming easily what conversations were coming easily what conversations were being had in March one conversation that wasn't coming easily was the conversation around the Brexit deal which was rejected again yep um, and the independent group became Change UK so that they could affect even more change, and they did. Really one um, to watch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> lots lots more votes, lots of petitions online and otherwise, mm. and an increasingly heated and fractious debate about Brexit, which then didn't happen on the 31st of March, which was mm. when it had been threatened mm. to, to occur. Um, we didn't leave then. Topical conversations happening in satire circles uh, mm-hmm. were circling around a little yellow book that appeared on bookshelves called it's Woke. It wasn't magic. I think it was a little yeah. yellow book called, called Woke with red writing. It's a gorgeous tome. Written by Titania McGrath. It's a character who had risen to, to certain internet levels of celebrity. fame on internet yeah. celebrity. And so, well, how does she describe herself? A woke poet. Intersectional feminist. In, stunning and brave. Was known for saying outrageous things that were yeah. associated with the woke movement. Yeah. Then this book appears and mere days before it actually transpired that Titania McGrath was none other than Andrew Doyle, the Spike journalist and TV political news anchor, increasingly political commentator on Sky News a lot of the time now, and comedian. He has his own stand-up show. Yep. And he had been to Tanya McGrath all along, and now there is this book, uh, which I think w- it's worth noting because it was presented very much as a classical piece of satire, wasn't it? Mm. It's, yeah, we, and we spoke to Andrew, and he yes. talks about himself as a satirist and the way that he sees that working within a certain set of classical conventions of satire. The book satirises two forms, actually, doesn't yeah. it? The, the poem and the opinion piece. We spoke to Andrew on the podcast, didn't we, in one of our episodes of this season. Season, mm-hmm. episode two it was interesting because I realised that I had slightly misdiagnosed what I thought to be the target of Andrew mm. Satter so I thought Titania McGrath was a character much like Alan Partridge in this time who has identified a certain set of ideas and is bandwagoning a little bit in a way that could be read as mercenary and hypercritical but actually it turned out that Andrew's target is much more specific than that specifically yeah, as the woke people but he doesn't see what they're doing as necessarily cynical. He thinks that they're yeah. part of a faith-based cult. You know what I'm going to say, as we discuss March and as we discuss Titania McGrath, that at the risk of being disagreed with by some people, mm. I think the whole Titania McGrath phenomenon and talking to Andrew Joy has been actually quite pivotal for me in thinking about how I engage with things I disagree with, how I decide what it is I do agree with. Mm. Because during that interview and reading the same experience with reading the Titania McGrath tweets, some of them I both agree with and find funny. A fairly hefty amount I don't agree with and don't necessarily find funny. And then there, there are some things that Titania says or tweets 
that prompted me to reevaluate and reflect on, even if I don't change my mind, mm-hmm. reflect on why that is my opinion and to, to think about how it might need justifying. So that's been really good for me, talking to, talking to someone and thinking quite specifically about what is at stake in agreeing with people, disagreeing with them or refusing to listen to mm. them. Can you hear me yesterday? Help me put my mind to rest. Well, in May, whose SOS wasn't heard and whose mind didn't get laid to rest? Well, Danny Baker, and he's putting out plenty of SOSs on Twitter after he was sacked. Yes, um, Sa- and he was sacked for, for tweeting a picture, wasn't he, just after uh, Meghan Markle had given birth to baby Archie, wasn't mm-hmm. it? And Danny Baker had the horrendous misfortune of accidentally tweeting a picture of some royal parents and monkey, mm-hmm. um, which he couldn't possibly have, have known would be read in the wrong way. That's me being satirical. I My personal take is that that was a really, if not racist, then criminally unforgivably stupid of Dan yeah. Baker to do that. And, and he got cancelled. And it mobilised all the normal debates with half the people on the internet saying that this was political correctness gone mad and half the people on the internet saying that this is why we need people like Danny Baker to go away. It was also a bad month for Jeremy Kyle, whose show was suspended after many years on the air. Yeah. And his, his brand of exploitative chat show seems yeah. like the time has come for yeah, that so to no longer be the case. A bad month for those two, two heavyweights. Um, um, what happened in the land of satire? Well, a very good month for satire because at the Cannes Film Festival, a film was released called Parasite by writer and filmmaker Bong Joe-Hu. And this film, although it hasn't yet released in the UK, seems to have taken the world by storm. A huge, huge hit ar- around all the different continents. And The Guardian has actually named it as the number one film of the year in films that are released in the USA but it hasn't come here yet but we're going to be excited to see it when it does in February because all of the headlines and reviews describe it as a razor sharp social satire the most satirical film of the 21st century and basically we'll come back when we know what it satirises and how and how well well uh, to quote Little Mix who were big in June 2019 with that particular song what was going on? And were we ready for it? Well, Donald Trump was visiting the UK. Mm-hmm. And, and Jamie Godley was ready Jamie Godley yeah. was ready for him. We'll hear more about that in, fe- in our February episode. Theresa May also resigned. And temperatures were going through the roof. It seemed almost like the world was on fire. There was, I suppose, one of the big moments in terms of satire was Boris Johnson and Hairgate, wasn't mm, it? Yeah, so on the 3rd of June, the police recalled Boris Johnson's house because it sounded like a domestic altercation had been taking place inside his flight involving his girlfriend. And many people were concerned that this, this was a domestic abuse case. So to quickly quell those fears, Boris Johnson's office released a photograph of the happy couple sitting on a bench from behind. But eagle-eyed viewers who turned the story Hairgate on Twitter noticed that he uh, that in the photograph he had his fluffy mop hair, which is famous, and not actually the much shorter haircut that it had done on the for early days of the leadership race. Yeah, yeah the leadership for, for new Tory leader. So as you say, Boris Johnson... He appeared on the news every hour, dismissing the story, saying that hashtag Hairgate was beyond satire. Beyond satire, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because this is just the latest in a series of incidents of Boris Johnson using the word satire, sort of playing quite fast and loose with Mm. the idea of what is and isn't satire, isn't it? Yeah, it seems when people criticise him... Uh, you know, for saying extremely offensive things in his newspaper articles, for example, he dismisses them as being only satire. Yeah. But when he wants to dismiss something, he's quite happy to dismiss that as satire. So yeah, or it, it's, it's beyond satire. What, yeah. what is beyond satire? Nothing's that's beyond maybe satire. That's the, maybe that's the story for another day. But yeah, yeah. that was June.
fair amount of arguably madness in July, mm, wasn't there? Yeah. Maybe not quite so much of the love. No. What happened in July? On the 23rd of July, Boris Johnson became the leader of the Conservative Party, and let's just hope he doesn't let us down, da 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 Yep, let's just hope he doesn't. And I remember also a quick anecdote the day he became leader of the Conservative Party. I was checking my phone on holiday, and mm-hmm. it became too hot to be able to use anymore oh. literally my phone told me to put it away and yeah. cool it down because yeah. it wouldn't work for me anymore yeah. and I felt like that was a little bit symbolic just in terms of satire a flurry of headlines again saying the satire must be dead if have I got news for you Paris Boris Johnson is by default Prime Minister We've skipped August and moved straight to September, where mm. Boris Johnson was striking all kinds of poses and flexing all over the place, wasn't he? He um, was. As the Prime Minister of England. Yes, he said that he did not want a general election and there would be no general election. Yeah. So that was a relief for a lot of people who didn't want to have to deal with the general election before Christmas. Yeah, totally. But what he did really, really want to do, what he really, really wanted was to prorogue Parliament, mm-hmm. wasn't it, for the sake of democracy. So the Scottish Civil Court ruled that that would be unlawful and that it was unlawful rather than it happened, but it d- didn't matter. And, of course, the holiday company Thomas Cook collapsed it as did. well. But in satire news, Stuart Lee had a new book out called March of the Lemmings, and you did get that for Christmas, didn't you, Joe? I did. Yes, yeah, so that's a collection of his articles in The Observer over from 2016 to the present and also the, a transcript of his show content provider so mm-hmm. that was a big moment for satire I think yeah um, also what else happened in satire? in satire headlines the group led by donkeys which is a group of satirists including David Schneider and Amanda Iannucci have been buying up billboards put up posters which parody or or in some way undermine movement yeah. towards Brexit and and sometimes they were just true things weren't they yeah, yeah. just things that, that people said that are definitely like like just absolutely definitely are lies just to remind us yeah and, and people did didn't they they took notes they saw that they, they realized that you know it was quite a lot of mendaciousness and mm. bad faith had gone on and and just couldn't couldn't get behind the tories anymore so that that, that changed things a lot it oh did. no it didn't it didn't change a single solitary thing <laughs> it did well, right. one of the things that led by donkeys did is they ran this competition where they invited the public so amateur mm. satirist people at home to redesign government brexit billboards and they did so with hilarious results many of them aping and parodying popular films out at the time and as you say joe that that may or may not have made a tremendous difference it didn't make any it didn't make any difference yeah. at all. Also, in September, another big bit of satire news was that Spitting Images was coming back. It's going to be broadcast in America first and then will be broadcast around the world shortly after that. And that prompted loads of hand-wringing over whether satire actually works and whether... Yeah, when we you did s- a bit of that ourselves, didn't we? We did, we, we did. We wrang our hands in the in conversation, the conversation and we, we about where we suggested that one of the things that satire can do is actually promote rather than demote, undermine. The status quo. Yes. Yes. Cheers to the ones that we got. Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not Cause the drinks bring back all the memories Of everything we've been through well, what what memories do you have? Isn't it funny how all the songs that were a big deal in the month that we're talking about all have some way we can ham-fistedly bring them around to the top of the conversation? It is fascinating. Though, it? it reminds yeah. me of Foucault's theory of genealogy. It reminds me of that but, uh, too. Yeah. But yeah. What memories do you have? It was not burning so much as raining, yeah. wasn't it, uh, yeah. in October? So the record um, soaring temperatures of the summer were replaced by torrential rain and Parliament was prorogued, wasn't it, until it the was. 14th of October, despite the People's Vote March. Yeah, the People's Vote March, so change 
making a change again. Mm. Um, and Extinction Rebellion, all the yeah, children, yeah. came out to try and stop the world being on fire. Something that didn't happen, though, in October, was we didn't leave the European no, Union. once again, we didn't leave the European Union, although mm. Boris Johnson had said, would be leaving, do or die, and the dying would be specifically done by him and done in a ditch. Yes. Um, but he didn't, he didn't do any he of that. Didn't did he didn't even do that. No, didn't no. even do that. He didn't have the decency but, to follow through on his words. But something that did happen on the 11th of October was a film came out called The Day Shall Come, directed by Chris Morris, who we last saw in cinemas in 2010 with the film Four Lions. That's right. Yeah, um, and this, this was quite different from that, wasn't it? It was yeah. quite different. So the synopsis on the Empire magazine synopsis says, Preacher and wannabe revolutionary Moses promises to lead a small band of men in a race war while at the same time struggling to support his wife and children. When cash for a manufactured terrorism plot comes his way, my old man in Moses finds himself caught in a tense homeland security sting. And it was tense, wasn't it? Was. It was incredibly bleak. I don't think it it's was. a spoiler to, no, to no. say so. And uh, you know, Chris Morris was saying in the interviews leading to the film that it was based on 100 real life incidents that have happened. So it's kind of there's a lot of documentary realism in the film. We saw the film at Pitch House Cinema where we also introduced the film. Yeah. And I remember at the end of the film, the uh, marketing director of the cinema, David Taylor, turned to me and he said, "More bleak than funny." Which is absolutely the case. The film was also surrounded by a lot of interviews by Chris Morris, who hasn't done interviews in years, talking yeah. about satire and how we need it more than ever and how it isn't dead and actually saying that satire has died as Amanda Iannucci has done many times is handing in your cards so in summary rain activism no leaving some satire yes I do my head toss check my nails baby how you feeling Ooh, ooh, child indeed, uh, because November was, amongst other things, the month that long-standing high street staple, Mothercare, went into oh, administration. So that's yeah. Mothercare. They um, weren't feeling good as hell in Mothercare, were they? No. Or any of the little babies. Patisserie Valerie. Yeah. Jamie gone. Oliver's restaurants. All gone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, Watts chain, I think it, it was almost went into administration, but didn't mm-hmm. in 2019, mm-hmm. was Pizza Express. Oh, God. And Pizza Express was in the news in November yeah. 2019, wasn't it? Because Prince Andrew yeah. was was in it, wasn't he? He was, he was. working Pizza Express and so couldn't possibly have been anywhere else because he was there. That <coughs> interview between him and Emily Maitlis was one of those moments mm. where perhaps you do think this looks more like something that would happen on a, on a satirical Absolutely. Show. As was what was happening at the time with the beginning of the general election that was just raring into action even though Boris Johnson said there wouldn't be a general election one was announced Mm. and there was a lot of debate around Fact Check UK which is the Conservative Party's official website yeah well they temporarily changed their name didn't they to Fact Check UK and of course they retained the blue tick so it sounded as though the things they were tweeting were definitely absolutely certainly true as opposed to propaganda over and over again throughout the campaign these were revealed to often be not true at all no totally unfounded statistics totally or not even not yeah. even massage but invented yeah. yeah so that didn't do much good for the Tory party no it was a election. catastrophic blow for the credibility yeah. of the Tory party and as the election loomed ever closer they <clears> were <throat> so very clearly yeah. without respect that um, you know, that, that the fact that they they, they had done this they had yeah. done this, this deceitful yeah. lying thing and yeah. made it made a huge difference and I mean Actually, this did is... it make a difference I'm just I should fact check that Let's see what happens at the end of the year. Yeah, we'll yeah. see what happens but, um, in December. I, but also yeah. there was somebody who was stabbed on London Bridge, which I which I mentioned because that was quickly co-opted into the general election campaigns of both parties, yes. even though leaders had said that they wouldn't 
be using that as a political tool but they yeah. they both they all they all did yeah in fact. and it was interestingly co-opted where i think perhaps a few years ago it might have been might have given rise to to panic and anxiety it actually the general public kind of found if if such a thing could be said to exist a funny side in mm. this going on about the narwhal tusk yeah um, that was used to, to bring the assailant down yeah almost became a meme which, which seems quite mm. surprising in it does. some ways doesn't it yeah, but in satire news. In satire news. On the thirtieth yeah. of November, the TV, the long-running TV show South Park released its three hundred and fourth episode. This was episode seven, season twenty-three, and it was called Bored Girls. And this set the internet on fire uh, for a sequence that represented a, a female equivalent to the, the to the competition World's Strongest Man, World's Strongest Woman. Um, and depicted a trans athlete who was actually represented as Macho Man Randall Savage, the yeah. wrestler. The episode was called Bored Girls, and the slight backstory to the episode was that the character Strong Woman, um, who is the wife of PC Principal in the show, uh, her ex-partner was in town and he wanted to basically beat her at everything so he entered strong woman tournament as a woman and no one could do anything about it other than call out bigotry for anyone who criticized macho man randall savage's participation and it's i think it's important to say that what they weren't depicting was a trans woman competing in bad faith and winning and you know kind of slaying the opposition the point of the narrative was it, it was straightforwardly was a man yeah who for personal reasons was taking advantage of changes in who qualifies to play in what sports yeah so in that sense avoided engaging with or satirizing in a direct way Mm -hmm. that whole story but it is still a relatively rare instance of somebody taking on in satirical form those kinds of debates and Mm -hmm. tensions that Mm -hmm. are another thing that i think have characterized 2019 yeah yeah and this is something that um graham linehan talks about in his speech at the freedom of speech and comedy event at st peter's college oxford also in Um, november also in November, on the 30th of November. A Christmas tune there for December 2019. We've come all the way back round mm. to sausage rolls, with or without meat. And we have actually begun this year thinking about vegan sausage rolls, yes. among other things, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, well, exactly one year after vo- a vocal minority were very outraged about the idea of a vegan sausage roll, we now have Greg's promoting Veganuary. Yes, yes So how do. different the yeah. world has yeah. changed. What, what a lot of things have changed. What changed in December 2019? Not much happened in the news, did it? No, it Nothing happened no. at all. Um, Christmas, wasn't it? It was just a Christmas. festive And some good news for satire fans because Stuart Lee is on tour again with his new show, Satire Tornado, where he seems to be touring every single venue in the country. I looked at his website to try and find the dates and it's pages and pages and pages and pages. It's it's an enormous tour. And yeah, yeah, and the general election, that came to a conclusion. Yeah, the general election, yes. Something something did happen, didn't Mm. it? Um, On Thursday, 12th of Mm. December and um, and into the small hours of Friday, the 13th of December. And what happened was that... You, you well, I was just going to say, what, what happened was that all that work from the change party had paid off. Yeah. All the lies that had been revealed during the Fact Trek UK incidents, the fact that the Prime Minister had, had, had said all of these things that he couldn't disguise as satire and had possibly been mm. implicated in a domestic abuse case, all came together and resulted in a, a, a Tory a, victory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. I was going to say a hung parliament, yeah. but I can't even lie. It was... Um, 
Extraordinary scenes. Mm. Extraordinary scenes on Friday the 13th. And set the tone for a lovely Christmas. It did. It did. But there was one last bit of satire to rinse from 2019 and it's Dying Ebbs. As at midnight on January the 1st, a new film came out called Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit was the name of a Nazi propaganda film in World War II that I think was never finished. Um, so this is an attempt to finish it obviously in a parodical and satirical way um, but it it depicts Adolf Hitler befriending a young Jewish child yeah. and it's prompted a flurry of headlines some some saying this is the best way to deal with Nazis through comedy and satire and a lot of people saying there are some things that shouldn't be joked about such as the Nazis and the Holocaust Fair Yeah And that's the end of 2019 <laughs> So that was our historical roundup of 2019, but as I mentioned earlier, we also asked you on social media to let us know what your top historical moments were. And we've picked out three uh, from the responses that we got. Of the almost four responses (laughs) that came in. Yeah, do you want to... Well, the first one is from a Twitter user, at FraserYSJ, who said, It's recent, but it's hard to beat this by cartoonist Ben Jennings, with a link to one of Ben Jennings' recent cartoons. So Ben Jennings, in many of his caricatures, presents Boris Johnson with the nose of Pinocchio, and that's what we see here as he is on London Bridge, days after the attack, bending down to where the, the flowers are arranged in a memorial, but he's not leaving a card or a condolence, he's actually leaving a leaflet that says vote conservative yeah so this is obviously a satire parody of what we were discussing earlier isn't it the the, the way in which all of the leaders said that they wouldn't try and politicize the the london stabbings and then all probably and then, did yeah pretty much immediately um, yeah. yeah at tk poetic license um directed us to the videos by at mr michael spicer which i, I have to admit i hadn't seen before did you know um, no so for context they're footage of of somebody who Michael Spicer? Yep. Of, of Michael Spicer. Apparently feeding Boris Johnson or other political figures their lines via headset. And so they, they he takes advantages of the long pauses or the ridiculous amount of repetition or the, the seemingly bizarre things that politicians ultimately come out with to interject the, the imagined ramblings and frustrations of the man who is trying to help them make sense. Mm. And yeah, they're, they're really good. They, they are very good, and yeah. I think they're interesting because they highlight lots of things actually a sense that politicians aren't being honest aren't Mm -hmm. just saying their own words but also at the same time a sense that some of the things that some of them have been coming out with are so nonsensical and so ludicrous that that they might just be random ramblings yeah and that you can't really trust anything you hear absolutely so thank you very much for that tk poetic license and then we had another response which i thought was an interesting one that certainly prompted me to reconsider the way that i'd seen this film from at keith mcdonald who simply wrote midsummer midsummer with an ar at the end so it's the film directed by ari astor actually we saw this film together as well didn't mm-hmm. we but we've got the synopsis here when danny played by Fl- florence Pugh, gets an email from her troubled sister it heralds the start of a very bad time in her life deciding to join her boyfriend jack rayner on a trip to sweden she hopes to draw to draw closer to him but in fact will become entangled with a cult that has designs on them both now i hadn't it hadn't occurred to me that this was particularly satirical when we saw it no but actually on reflection terrifying and disturbing which is uncomfortable laugh out loud funny not as uncomfortable as boyfriend Jack Rayner that's true Um, that's that's discomfort like you wouldn't believe isn't it yeah he was really on the hot seat there yeah it was um, unbearable yeah but it was unbearable yeah Yeah. very good very good it was uncomfortable to watch in places but it was also laugh out loud funny but I hadn't considered it a satire but actually I think it is isn't it yeah on reflection it made me reflect that you know there is an element of satirising these these young people and a particular form of tourism Mm. The cultural tourism yeah. slash cultural appropriation. Yeah, um, yeah. They come to consume this this private 
culture. Mm. And actually, there are aspects of that culture which are wrong, many, many people would think, yeah. but gets a pass because they don't want to criticise someone else's cultural uh, cultural practices. Yes, because um, it's like, at, w- at what point does anyone say, mm. I'm really not comfortable yeah. with this? But, um, yeah. yeah, or it certainly seems, seems wrong to them, like people being murdered and such and put in pies. So, I mean, that's generally not... Well, no one gets put in a pie, but yeah. someone does get their skin taken off and worn by another person. And there's cultural appreciation, and then there's being murdered. So yeah. there's, there is maybe some satirical ground there. That's the end of what people said. Thanks, Thanks for, for all, all the, the tweeting. tweeting. <laughs> well, we've come to an end, haven't we, on our on this episode? We have, we have. Um, about the end of 2019 and the end of our 2019 yeah. episode, but there's still lots to look forward to yeah. in the coming year, isn't there? Yeah, and we've done a, we've done a lot of things this year. Should we just say them really, really quickly? Yes, okay. Just really yep. quickly yep. to not yep. be boring. Yeah. Um, our well, year on Smith and War. We did an event at the York Literature Festival, didn't we? We did, yeah. Satire um, just on the, the brink of, of the original Brexit date. Yeah. Um, yes, we did. Can the satirists um, still save us? We concluded, perhaps. Yeah. We hope so. Yeah. Um, we went to UCL, didn't we? We did. And talked about satire. At a comedy conference. Yeah. Comedy. Yeah. Yep. And we wrote a piece that will be coming out hopefully soon in the UCL magazine, Think Pieces. We did. We introduced the Dotal Con at City Screen. We did. City Screen Picture House. We went to the British Society for 18th Century Studies and delivered the first ever York Research Unit for the Study of Satire panel, which was all about the medical metaphor in satire and that it? was you and me and Katie Snow yeah from the University of and Tim more about Katie Snow please do go back and listen to episode 2 of season 1 satire That's and right. celebrity yeah. and we founded the York Research Unit for the study of satire yeah. which is going to do exciting things it is yeah. it is yes um, including our launch event in in March at the York Literature Festival more information on that in future episodes ok well did you have a favourite bit of this year of this on, year on the podcast what was your favourite um, bit do you know, it's so hard to choose, isn't it? Have you got a it is. I liked Adam's Funny Game in yeah. episode five, and specifically when you had to describe a picture of George Osborne trust in the manner of a gimp, surrounded by dildos, whilst yeah. David Cameron had an asphyxia wank. It's just, that's hard to hard to argue against, really, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it yeah, was. no, it's all been amazing. Can't believe how much we've. Um... But we'll be back soon in our next episode where we'll be speaking to Janie Godley. It'll be our one-year anniversary, February the 14th, and we'll be just just discussing satire and elitism, won't we? Yes, and we're still figuring out how we're going to go about bleeping all the (laughs) massive amounts of swearing that are in that episode. Absolutely, we'll figure it out. But that's all from us for now. In the meantime, if you've enjoyed the podcast, or even if you've just experienced the podcast, please do let us know. Hit us up. In our socials. At Satire No More. Or independently as at Elemental Adam or at, at war underscore JS. JS. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But it really is time for us to go. It we is hate now, to go. Yeah. We hate to go. Yeah, but yeah. We, we really bye-bye, must. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Yeah. So um, sit up. Shut up. And eat my satire. See you next time. Bye.